Good morning, my name is Jay Rosenthal and I'm the Managing Director of Business of Cannabis. Welcome back to Cannabis Daily for Thursday, January 13th. If you like what you see, you can check out the rest of our channel with our full Business of Cannabis archive right here. So please subscribe and stay all the latest and stay up to date of all the things we are doing here at Business of Cannabis. For those that are new here, since 2017, we've highlighted the companies, brands, people and trends driving the cannabis industry and that's what we look to do here every day. Following the rundown of the key stories we're following, we get into our B of C Live segment, where we'll be joined by Lucas McCann of CanDelta. CanDelta is the official regulatory advisory of Business of Cannabis, and we wanted him to look ahead at cannabis regulations in Canada and elsewhere in 2022, as well as take a look back on regulations uh, that went into place in 2021. We'd love to hear from you in the comments and always feel free to visit us at businessofcannabis.com as well as through all of our social channels, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Before we get going, we encourage you to check out two upcoming events. First, our retail series on January 26th, which will be online, made possible by Leafly and our friends at Vitrina Group. We'll look at inventory planning for 2022 for cannabis retailers as well. Our Business of Cannabis Miami event on April 6th, where we'll talk cannabis retail tech, design, and data. You can find out all about those things in the description below. For today's top stories, can smoking weed prevent COVID? The U.S. federal banking reforms we could expect this year. An airport in British Columbia could be the first to have a cannabis store. And the Irish cannabis industry is asking for clarity. For our first story, peer-reviewed research published in the Journal of Natural Products has identified three cannabis compounds that can effectively block COVID from entering healthy human cells. This, according to Vice, according to the study, CBDA, CBGA, and TCH, THCA bind to the spiky virus protein and prevent infection. Does this mean smoking weed can prevent a COVID infection? Well, no. For one, the compounds are derived from hemp, but researchers said an oral supplement combining all three compounds, such as a gummy or capsule, could be helpful. Proving that what I've been saying, that gummies can help you get through the pandemic. Uh, so I, maybe I'm onto something, but uh, check out this research in the uh, Journal of Natural Products. For our second story, U.S. federal cannabis reform isn't likely in 2022, but incremental reform is in play this year. This according to MJ Biz. So what is in the works? Well, the not yet introduced Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act, which could be updated after Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer solicited feedback last fall, would need 60 votes requiring support from at least 10 Republicans and Democrats, Republicans, uh, well, 60 of them don't agree on much. Conversely, safe banking could get to Biden's desk this year because it appears to have enough bipartisan support, certainly in the House and seems like in the Senate as well. And and the social justice reform, uh, sorry, the social justice focused Safe Act, More Act and the Business Friendly States Reform Act are also not likely to be passed by the Senate this year. Quote, a general sense among marijuana industry officials is that the conversation has evolved from whether to legalize to how to legalize the plant. This again, according to MJ Biz. The small Prince George, British Columbia Airport, YXS for those following along at home, could soon be the first to have a cannabis store. As long as they get their business license, the founders of Copilot, who, by the way, will be on BFC Live next week, will be, quote, pioneering cannabis for travel. As it stands, the travel rules are in Canada. In Canada, let me stress that. Travelers cannot bring cannabis over international borders. That seems fairly obvious. But domestic travelers in Canada of legal age can bring up to 30 grams of cannabis in their carry-on bag. 
Co-founders Reed Horton and Owen Ritz said in a statement, we see YXS as the perfect location to launch our initial store and fulfill our mission of making travel a less stressful and more enjoyable experience for our customers. That sounds like we should get on that. For our final story, the Irish High Court will hear several cases on January 18th as part of the judicial review of drugs law and how they're interpreted this according to Business Can. In addition, the Hemp Federation of Ireland has asked for a, quote, coherent regulatory framework across the entire industry value chain, which will allow the indigenous industry to function again. After being raided by police and now facing criminal charges, two CBD businesses argued that the changes charges against them are, quote, unconstitutional, an infringement on their property and livelihoods, and a contravention of EU law. Those are the stories we're watching today. Join 10,000 others and catch all these stories and more in your inbox every day at 7 a.m. with our Cannabis Daily Newsletter coming up next on our BFC Live podcast, a conversation with Lucas McCann. Lucas was the first guest of the year in 2021, and he looks back on the cannabis news from last year and a look ahead of what he expects on the cannabis regulatory front in 2022 in Canada, but also in the U.S. This is Lucas McCann from CanDelta. Lucas McCann, thank you for being here. Happy New Year, Jay. Great to see you. Happy New Year. And it's funny you should say New Year. Last year, are you ready? We connected maybe the first BFC Live we did in all of 2021. You came on to share what you thought was going to be the year ahead. Oh, no. What did I say? (laughs) Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, So you talked about um, the rate of retail licensing. I think, I mean, maybe overall, but specifically in Ontario. You talked about cannabis health products, and you talked about uh, looking Health Canada looking at the regulations around packaging. Um, so those were the things you talked about. Um, two of them relied on Health Canada doing lots of cannabis work. How did the year go as measured against that first BFC Live last year? Jay, if you've ever listened to anything I say, then you know that whenever I say that you can rely on Health Canada, that that is absolutely a lie. So uh, those two points that pertain to expecting something from Health Canada were obviously out to lunch and they were. We, we didn't see any relaxation on, on packaging or equivalency limits or how many cans of beverages you can buy at the retail store. None of that's changed. Um, you know, we're, we're still a little bit wasteful with our packaging and that's, that's the result of, I think, some inaction uh, from Health Canada's part to listen to what the industry's saying. And do you think it's um, Health Canada saying they had a very busy year related to the pandemic or is it an entirely different branch and they just didn't, do it like I'm not trying to, you know, make anybody Health Canada angry. I'm literally asking, like, can we expect changes? Well, Health Canada actually gave us a call and they said, So, how many applications are you guys expecting to come in this year? Because we're twiddling our thumbs, not doing anything. So, but you know, it, it's a different department that's that's reviewing the licensing application and you know, re- reviewing the regulations as well. So, hey, to- totally fair point. I mean, uh, we're, we're seeing you know, some restructuring there. And there's less people, I think, applying for licenses. And that, that's a true across the board for retail. That was a big flash in the pan last year. And, and that was one thing I was right about. Uh, you know, in terms of the math formula that we had, Ontario specifically, that was just uh, that was just doing the numbers up. And now we've, we've well surpassed our 1,000 store mark that uh, uh, was predicted la- this time last year. I just, I just uh, looked at a map from the AGCO and 
it's hard to even get close enough in on the map. So like it's not inundated with stores on top of each other. It's really, it's quite striking, especially obviously in Toronto. And then, you know, there's like different states that one rung out is pretty dense and then two rungs out it's, you know, well, I mean, same thing with the population, but, but it is, um, it was striking to see, I think we'll look back on, well, the pandemic timeframe of just the ramp up of retail in Ontario went from us having a conversation like, can't they do it faster? To when are stores going to start closing? Like, it seems like we, it happened do, very close. Do we need a cool fast. off period for a year in Toronto because there are just so many applications going through? Completely yeah. fair. Uh, most people are actually surprised when we say that there's a lot of underserved areas still in Ontario. Uh, we we've done a correlation where we've taken all the stores plotted against uh, you know the map of Ontario. We've looked at uh, the locations of all the schools, and still we see that there are some very good areas for for opportunities for cannabis retail to open up. I believe that. I believe it, because there, there's, and then some, I just, there, there's still some opening, you know, the fifth and sixth on a couple of blocks, but you know, like I know talking for, to you, but also, you know, those people didn't one day wake up this week and say, I want to open a store. Like they've been planning that for some time, locking down leases, locking down options. So, you know, the, the timing of these things isn't always, they're not opening the times that people decided to get in. There's different sort of factors in the timelines. I love anecdotal evidence, so I'll, I'll leave with this one. I mean, right before this, and this isn't just a story, like literally before I, I got on with you, I had a call with someone in, in Colburn who's a paralegal, and his business has just been hit very, very hard from COVID, and he's turning to cannabis retail. Uh, it's a bit of an underserved area where he's located. There's nothing too, too close to him, uh, and he's looking to convert com from, com from computer part sales and paralegal and, into the cannabis space, so it is still an opportunity. You have to be smart where you're going to open up shop. Um, definitely now, it's, it's less risky than a year ago if you were putting something in on Queen West as to, you know, who your neighbors were going to be. Right. Uh, we saw what the result of that was you know you can't you can't throw a stone in any direction without hitting three stores yeah yeah and i and I, it will be interesting there's lots of conversation in the places with huge density what happens to those stores um and i wonder as we sort of zoom out and sort of take a bigger picture if like cities like vancouver didn't get it right and sort of draw 300 meters around each store and say here's your little monopoly now go f off yeah, and their licensing is like driving with the e-brake on. You just can't get anywhere. Right. So you take the good with the bad, right? It's, it's um, it, you know, BC, Ontario, Alberta. You know, we'll start to see, I mean, this is a question. We'll start to see some, especially Alberta and Ontario, some leveling off of the rate of openings, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, one, one good plus, if I can sneak that in there too, is the more secure storages that open up in retail stores, the more the LPs were alleviated in their secured storages and the more that product actually just moved. That's really, really healthy for the industry, despite the fact that, yes, some of these retailers, you know, they, they might be consolidating, they might, uh, they might be selling off their assets or their, their shares. A lot of that product moving has been really good for the industry. And we were in a heavy heavy price compression last year, which yeah. is starting to alleviate now. We're starting to, to, to feel like the, the worst might be over and maybe we can start to enjoy this industry as it moves out of its infancy. Yeah, and I wanna look, I hope so. And I think we will see some interesting, like steady state industry trends, I guess, whether it's sort of store openings or numbers of SKUs or what's moving and sort of the data analytics around that as well. I wanna ask you about sort of projecting ahead. You talked about, you and your team doing some data analytics about sort of store locations, but but on other sort of 
parts of the sector? Like, what are you looking for in 2022, maybe different in a part or a continuation of 2021? Uh, I think things are going to become very quickly less interesting in Ontario, <laughs> aside from the OCS flow through model, which uh, which which is 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 a work in progress from the OCS. We have the the new uh, product call that's happening in April, so that's going again going to be really great for Ontario licensed producers or, or folks looking to get listed by the OCS. Barring that, I expect smooth coasting in, in Ontario and, and not too, too much change. Where we do expect to see some great changes are going to be in British Columbia now, who's been waiting very long to put out their farm gate regulations, which we're expecting uh, before the summertime. Yeah. And, and um, one thing that does not go unnoticed, certainly on business of cannabis, but I even know from the CanDelta team is, let's call it constant rumbling in the US, whether mm. it's state by state, which of course, the rumbling is getting closer to Canada because we saw you and your team in New York. I know uh, we had uh, Denny on from your team talking about New Jersey. The whole Northeast is rumbling. But then we just talked about it uh, last week. Um, you know, some of the very big Midwestern states, Ohio, Pennsylvania, um, you know, uh, Minnesota, you know, coming online or, or real rumblings, that coupled with what's happening in DC, the rumblings they, they seem to be adding up to something, even though if you don't know what the, the final equation might look like. The big one, maybe the big one. Uh, yeah, great point. I mean, we've uh, we've been moving to the U.S. and assisting with a lot of the New Jersey licensing as well. Uh, we've got New York on our radar. We're excited for those regulations to drop. Uh, and yeah, this, this all could be a big signal that we could be potentially expecting some form of federal movement maybe some sort of federal decriminalization at the very least. I know we've been saying this every time, but it would be so big and so massive and so impactful on our industry that it's important that we move it to the top of our list. I think every time we have that conversation about the year ahead. Uh, uh, one question and then we'll, we'll sort of, we'll leave it at this and then revisit it in 2023 as well. But, but thinking about like doing work in New Jersey, doing work in New York, it strikes me that the conversations basically repeat themselves jurisdiction to jurisdiction, right? New York just got done, I think at the end of December, where cities and municipalities could opt out of lounges and retail, mm. right? Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, we've seen that conversation here. Like we saw that in Mississauga and some other places and it happens in New Jersey and it's gonna happen in Minnesota. We had conversations about it in South Dakota. Like the conversations just seem to repeat themselves over and over again. Do you sort of see trends along those lines too? And our, our or, and, are municipalities, cities, and states getting smarter as they regulate? Yeah, they are. I mean, we're, we're definitely fighting that big stigma, especially in the U.S. Uh, it, there's a lot of nimbyism when, when it comes to, uh, you know, decriminalization or legalization for adult use happening in the U.S. Uh, but yeah, uh, de definitely in that. And, and in the social uh, equity justice approach that they have in which businesses actually get licensed as well. Um, that I think is going to only, I can only expect that to continue as, as, as things go on and it will remain a very competitive nature because everyone wants it. Yeah. Yeah. I think New York has certainly taken all the information that's been done so far around social equity and around lounges actually too, and, and sort of incorporating that into their regulations. But Lucas, it's always good to start the year talking to you. Um, I don't know if we've ever revisited things you said and, and predictions you made, but I'm glad we did today. And I don't think you were off. I just think maybe the time horizon with which you were predicting was not long enough, maybe. So, so uh, eventually the, the cannabis health products and the uh, packaging and the marketing regulations, those will come to pass. It'll just be maybe another year and you'll be right. 
Yeah, uh, I think this year, you know, we're we're moving out of infancy into maturity in, in the Canadian industry. I think everyone's sort of learning how to sail the ship and when they're they're making smarter moves instead of sort of big, big, you know, tax and, and and jibs as they they were in the past. There's a lot of operational efficiency that seems to be a big focus for industry. You know, the 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 capturing the most territory phase is is well gone and people are 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 driving steady. Yeah. Yeah. And I know it's maturing because my beard just keeps getting grayer and grayer every year <laughs> that, that this goes on. It's the first time we met, may have a clean shave and no beard. And it certainly wasn't gray even then, but uh, the years do add up, especially during COVID. But Lucas, I really appreciate the time now and always and the partnership. And uh, we look forward to connecting with you on these issues, but others as well. So thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jay. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Lucas, for coming by. That was episode nine of Cannabis Daily. Thank you for joining us here. And you can join us all week on YouTube at 10 a.m. Eastern. Please subscribe subs- subscribe to this channel. Today, we look forward to having you here tomorrow. Thanks.